it was a very interesting parsha because there was a confluence between the Daf Yomi in the Gemara Shabbos 92 and the parsha. So in the parsha, we are told about the Nesim, and the Nesim each brought for the Hashkama and the inauguration of the Mishkan uh, a bunch of uh, gifts by Yakrivu Nesie Yisrael Roshe Beit Avotam Heim Nesie Hamatos numbers six two. These are the heads of the tribes. Heim Haomdim Alapakudim. They're the ones that are in charge of all countings. By Yoviu Es Korbonam Lifnei Hashem. And they brought their offerings before the Lord. And it comes in Sheish Eglos Tzav, Ushnei Osabok Bakar, Agala. So each one brings these wagons. Vayikach Moshe Esho Agolos. And Moses takes the wagons. Vayitenosom El Halavim. So he gives the wagons to the Levites. Echtei Hagalot Vet Arbat Habakar. And now he splits them to the sons of Levi. So listen carefully to these three sons. Two agalots and four cattle he gives to Bnei Gershon. Four wagons and eight bakar he gives to Merari. And now the critical verse that I want to focus on. V'livnei kahat, the children, the sons of kahat, lo natan. He didn't give, no wagons. Nothing. Ki avodas hakodesh alehem. Because the worship, the sacred worship, the work was on them. And unlike the brothers Gershon and Merari, who got wagons full of stuff to dispense, the Kahatis bakatef yisau. They, no wagons, they had to carry everything on their shoulders. Well, this then became... Mitzvah 379 in the Sefer HaChinuch's 613 Mitzvahs. And it's called Mitzvah's Masa HaOron Bakatev. The Mitzvah of carrying the Ark on the shoulder directly, not on a wagon. One of the 613 Mitzvahs only applying to the Kahatis. Now, the Gemara yesterday also happened to say the same thing. By uh, Eichenstein, my Daf Yomi Rebbe, two decades, says that every Daf has some relationship to the Parsha of the week. I, I couldn't confirm that personally, but he made that claim. And often it's true, and yesterday was very true, because the Mishnah says, Hamotzi, this is, we're in Gemara and Shabbos, in the parak that talks about carrying. One who carries out a load from the private domain to the public domain, even if he does it above 10 tfachim, which is beyond the para- parameters of the public domain, he's chayv. Why? Shekein masa b'nei kahat. Oh, because that was the way the sons of Kahat carried. Therefore, even though you might think it's above 10 tefachim, and the Gemara goes into what's the average height of a man and what's 10 tefachim, blah, 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 blah. But the Mishnah says, 
I'm going to use a paradigm as to what carrying from a Rishus Rabin to a Rishus Yochid and vice versa, which makes you liable, according to Reb Elazar, is the method of carrying utilized by the sons of Kahat, just in our passage, confluence of the Dafyomi and etc. And then the Gemara asks, and where do we derive that the method of carrying was above 10 hamrets? And it says, blah, blah, blah. Now the Mishnah distinguishes between carrying an object in a normal fashion, which carries liability, and carrying in an abnormal fashion, which does not carry liability. So carrying an object above 10 tfachin is, is liable. This is unusual. And the proof is the ruling, the way the members of the kahas transported the altar on the Aaron HaKodesh. So let's just dig deeper into, A, what is the difference between the sons of Kahat and the sons of Gershon and Merari? And why should the Kahatites not be able to use a wagon, have to schlep uh, the Aaron on their shoulders? And B, what does that mean? Uh, on a deeper level, in our Vodas Hashem, in which I call this uh, Zoom conference, Shouldering the Divine. So we are told that the sons of, of Levi, what were their jobs? So the first one is Gershon. The Bnei Gershon carried the coverings of the tabernacle, the tapestries, the over tent and the roof and the enclosures hangings. The outer covering of the Mishkan is important. The primary, however, interest is what goes on inside the Mishkan through the use of its vessels. But all the vessels took their stimulus from the surroundings. So I found a really cute uh, Musa from Rab Eliezer Malamed, who takes these functions of Bnei Gershon, Bnei Merari, and Bnei Kahat in our Avodah Hashem in a very deeply psychological way. He says these three prototypes of Gershon, Merari, and Kahat exist in every individual. So how do we learn it from that? The tabernacle's vessels allude to the Or HaPnini, the inner light. The tapestries allude to the Or Makif, the surrounding light. And so the task of the Levites was to sing and play music at the time sacrifices were performed. Songs give expression to a longing for something beyond our perception. Merari had all the hard work. Gershon had the beauty, the songs, the tapestries, the vessels. But the hard work was left for the B'nai Merari. That is to carry the tabernacle's beams, the crossbars, the pillars, and the bases. The beams and crossbars were extremely heavy. Yep, he was given four carts to assist. But seeing as the carts were relatively small, the majority of the burden they had to carry. On the face of it, B'nai Merari are pitiful. Even their name alludes to this. Merari in Hebrew implies bitterness. They have a thankless job. The important vessels, which alluded to the Or Pnimi, or the Or Makif, were in the hands of Bnei Gershon. Bnei Merari was left to carry the heavy beams, which hardly anyone sees because the tapestry hid them from the sight of anyone standing outside the Mishkan. Only the few Kohanim who entered the Mishkan to perform their tasks with the vessels carried by Bnei Kahat could see the beams 
that the Bnei Merari bore with the sweat of their brow. What about Kahat? Let's focus on Kahat. The Bnei Kahat merited carrying the holy vessels used in the Mishkan. And the most important vessel was the Oron, which was located in the Kodshe Kodshim, and bore the tablets of the Torah and the broken tablets. After that was the Shulchan, symbolizing Parnosa, the Menorah, representing the worldly sciences, which also derive from the holy, the Mizbeach HaPnimi, the inner altar, prayer and longing for God, Mizbeach HaChitzoni, Israel's Messiris Nefesh for their faith in God. In any collective arrangement of the three sons, it's the Bnei Kahat who performed the primary function carrying the holy vessels through which all sacred values were conveyed. So Rabbi Lezer Melamed's psychological take on these three functions works as as follows. Occasionally one experiences an emotional, spiritual awakening, and then his feelings of happiness is in the sense of Gershon, the tapestry, the music. But most of the time, one's doing the grunt work, the hard work, of daily life, carefully checking all the thoughts, weeding out the inaccuracies, defining and clarifying them. They are vodas habirurim, as the Ishbitzer calls it. He doesn't feel happy whilst doing the legwork, and he's then considered like marari, maror, bitter. However, in the long term, one gets the greater satisfaction precisely from the hard work. At times, a person runs out of strength being a Marari, and then he becomes old and begins to lose altitude. And if he doesn't come to his senses, he'll collapse. Without the pillars, even the most sacred tabernacle will collapse. The Mene Marari represents all those seemingly unpretentious people who in truth are the foundations of the world. They are willing to do the tough, dirty work, the glory, but without Merari, nothing would exist. They carry the very beams that support the whole enterprise. Now, before I get into a Hasidic interpretation of this shouldering, al lehem bakatefi I want to bring you a medrash. And the medrash goes to the whole verses in, in Joshua that talks about when carrying over the wagons across the Jordan River, Moshe, who had given over to Joshua, when crossing the river, it said that the that the wagons were foreign, which bore them. And the question is, these wagons come back into history in Shmuel base when David Amelech is sitting on his throne and now wants to build the base Amikdash. Vayhi Hamelech where two Samuel seven when the king dwelt in his house, and he had respite from all his enemies. And the king says to Nathan, I see, I dwell in the house of cedar. But the ark of God still dwells within curtains. It doesn't have a home. Whatever you want to do, do, because God is with you. So the king's house is already built. David is at rest for his enemies. And only now does he realize that the time has come to build a house for God. And that's when things go awry. 
because the Medrash tells us, Hashem Nikra Shem Shem Hashem Tzavakos, in discussing the Ark, it says the following, Vayarkivu et Aron Ho'elokim. David now brings the Ark up to Jerusalem, and he and he placed it on a wagon and he brought it from the house of Abi Nadav that was in Gibeah. And the message says that David didn't do what Moshe had told Kahat to do, which is what? Carry it on your shoulder. In doing so, they did not carry the ark as specified by the Torah, because it said, and the ark, and the and to the sons of Kahat, lo natan, he didn't give them wagons. Ki avodas They were supposed to carry them on their shoulders. And now we're given a unique reason why David didn't merit to build the temple. The pshat is obvious because Nasan is told by God and Uzzah that he's got blood on his hand and he has to wait for Shlomo. That's the pshat. Look at what the Medrash says. Why was David punishment? In that the above verse, you think he didn't know Kolatora Kula? Of course he knew Kolatora Kula. He certainly knew that verse. Why did that first become hidden from his eyes? <laughs> now the Medrash, whoever wrote the Bala Medrash who wrote this next piece, doesn't see the Torah as a Shira. We thought that the Nitziv says the Torah is Kala Torah is a Shira. It's a song. But it criticizes David Amelech for the following reasons. Because he reduced the words of Torah to songs, as it says in Psalm 119, Your statutes were like songs to me. That could be interpreted, that your mitzvahs were so wonderful, they were like, there was a musicality to the mitzvot. But the Bala Medrash takes this very literally. Your Torah was like a song to me. So God says to God says to David Amela, Divrei Torah, Shekatuv Bahen, my Torah, that says in it Proverbs twenty three, Hataif close your eyes to it and it is gone. Meaning, just for a minute, if you don't busy yourself and horror in Torah day and night. It will be gone to you. You will forget it. And you call it songs? Songs? It's something that has to be completely swamping you day and night. It's an intellectual pursuit. You call it songs? Guess what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to make you stumble. Because every kid in a yeshiva starts with Vayikra. That's what we start children with in base Medrash, in a, in a, in a Tinoko Shel base Rabbim, in a Cheda. You don't start them at Breshis Borel again. You start them with the, all the laws of sacrifices so that Shkuraba Piv, so that they understand it. There's no question about it. I'm going to make you stumble in something so elementary that even a first grader knows the Pasuk, V'livnei kahat lo natan ki avodos ha-kodosh alem yisa'u. Every kid knows that the Aaron should be carried 
on the shoulders. And I'm going to make you fablonja because you're going to forget about it. And David Amelech brought it on a wagon. Ha, ha, ha. Every kid knows that. It's a very tragic medrash. It's telling us that David Amelech did not give sufficient respect for the Aaron by taking it on the shoulders. And he was punished, a terrible punishment, because he didn't fulfill that in a way that was considered appropriate by the divine. Now, let's look at the Natsiv, and I'm going to contrast the Natsiv to a Hasidish Rebbe that told us Yaakov Yosef. And I want you to see <laughs> that if I hadn't told you who is who, you would think that the Natsiv is the Hasidish Rebbe and the Tzoldus is a Litvak. So just listen to what they do with this idea that the Kahatis should take the burden, the shoulder of the divine, on their shoulders. So the Natsiv, true to his style, picks up on the semantics first. Ki avodas ha-kodesh alehem, hai alehem meyutar. The first thing we have to understand is I could, didn't need that word alehem. You could have said, Velivnei kahat, lo natan, ki avodas ha-kodesh, Bakatev so makes better sense, because the avodas of the Kodesh, the Arana Kodesh, had to be carried on their shoulders. What's the addition of this word Alehem? And he says, So now he's telling you, I'm giving you a Perush. This is not Pshat, it's not Remez, it's a Perush. Number one, The first thing I can tell you is, the word Alehem means that it's only when they are carrying that it, that it has to be on their shoulders. So if someone else is carrying the Aron HaKodesh, it doesn't have to be on their shoulders. What is he saying? It's only the Bnei Kahat who have to shoulder the Aron literally. Anyone else can use Agalim. That's one explanation. The second is Asher HaMitzvah B'Masa HaAron Sheyir Dafka Aleyem Velo Al Acher. The second thing goes on the specifics of only unique to the B'nai Kahat to carry the Aron. No one else can carry it. Those are the two things he says. And now listen to how he deals with David HaMelech. It could not be that David Amela doesn't know Tinoko Shel Beis Rabon. It couldn't be that David Amela doesn't know the whole Torah, Kola Torah Kulo, especially this verse. You think David Amela didn't know that the Kaatis had to take the Oran on their shoulders? Of course he did. The Hine David Amela, Barishona, who veal et Aaron ala agala, as we told in Samuel 2, chapter 7, that King David initially brought the Aaron on a wagon. Of course he didn't forget the Torah, the, the Pashtus of the Torah. Elo, now hear what he says. He was steiging in his learning like the way I just interpreted my first interpretation, meaning that he was steiging and learning a drush from the word alehem, which was meyutar. He was learning like I am learning, 
the redundancy of the word aleim to mean dafka b'shashe aleihem It's only reference to the B'nai Kaha. Anyone else? Other Levites? Me? In Samuel 2, when we're bringing the thing? Of course it can be brought on a wagon because that Alehem is teaching us only that it is singular and specific to the B'nai Kahat. Al-Kain hin aron al-yitei uzah. So he felt, I could learn out from this, that anyone else can take the Aaron. It just doesn't have to be on their shoulders. So I can let Uzzah do it and his brothers. They're not even Levites. And they can bring it on a wagon. Historically, what happened, obviously, he learned because someone touched it and died, right? The first thing was he was being Meforash. He was learning in the Mutar of the word Aleim. Later on, he saw historically, and he came to understand that he made a mistake in that first interpretation. So he then went to my second interpretation, which was what? That the Masa of the arrow is Dafka Aleim below Al-Akher, that it has to be on a Levite on the shoulders and no one else. And if you read David's instruction in the recastle and the recounting of these events in Devre Hayomim 1.15, he tells the Levites, his Gadshu Atem, we didn't learn it the right way this time round. We're going to take it in on the shoulders. We cannot follow the way I was doirish. The Nitziv says on the shoulders. Well, what do you mean on the shoulders? So the, the Aaron wasn't on the shoulders. The poles of the Aaron were on the shoulders. They shall carry the poles of the ark, containing the carrying the ark. So it, it, it's obvious that, that if you're carrying it, you're either carrying it like this like the way a porter carries a, a palanquin, right? Or it is on your shoulders. So now he becomes Hasidish. We're learning that it has to be on the shoulders because he doesn't say He's a Litvak. Das They have to be constantly carrying the ark on their shoulders. Now he gives us anatomy. In the head itself is Chochman Bina. But the Koach of Das, which is the intuitive 
Das Elokus that comes after years of steiging and intellectual Chochmah and Bina, that Das, that experiential knowledge is Me'achor, the brain. It's not in the brain, it's behind the brain. And that's in the shoulders. Dazzling, dazzling Natsiv. He understands that life and spirituality in Torah isn't just an intellectual pursuit. And so if I contrast that with the Toldos, Yaakov, Yosef, the prime pupil of the Baal Shem, who says on this, he says, look, the mitzvah in Shemos 25 in Truma is, make the poles out of acacia wood, and cover them with gold, how do I learn the mitzvah of carrying the Aaron on the poles for now and for the future? So he comes to tell us the following. He says, We learn from that Pasuk in Joshua and in Bamid Baraba that the Aaron was very heavy and they were able to carry it effortlessly because the Aaron carried the weight against natural gravity. And now this applies in the past historically and in the future. Because the masses who carry through finances and through support the Yedei Tamid Chachamim it's not the B'nai Kahat, that's in the past. But in the present and the future, what makes the Nose Aaron Bris Hashem are the regular Hamonam, not the Levites. Heim Nikram Nose Aaron. We who carry the Tzadikim, the Hasidim, and the Tamidichachomim. But the miracle of the Aron is that it paradoxically carries its nosov. That is, So the Aron, which represents the Hasidish Rebbe's and the Tamidichachomim and the leaders, have the power, if we support them, Otanu to raise us up, uladovka boyisbroch, and that's the that is the mitzvah uboted bok, meaning you cannot cleave to God, as the Rambam says in Hilchus Deus mitzvahs. I say lehidabek, you can't be medabek to the Shechina, but you could be medabek to Tamidi Chachomim. The chi efshel medabek the Shechina. The Gemara in Ksuba says ha'oisa prakmatia Tamidi Chachomim. Supporting Tamidichachomim, supporting the Tzadikim, is cleaving to God. Ki habadim heim no se ha'oron, because the Aron doesn't move without the poles of the Aron. Ubeemes ha'oron no se es no sof. In fact, baketev yisoron, ubevadshe yaslehem levia v'chiba, but you have to be a levi, you have to carry it, you have to be bechaber, lehitchaberim ha'oron. So that revolution in Hasidus, in which 
the personality of the Rebbe embodies a living Torah, then becomes the Oron which we carry. I loved this comparison between the Nitziv and the Toldus Yaakov Yosef, who Toldus Yaakov is just quoting regular Gemaras. There's nothing Hasidish about that. And the Nitziv in his idea that the Das of Elokus really comes from that intuitive sense. And that is of Yasu. That is that we are carrying the divine. We are shouldering the divine on our shoulders, not on any wagons, no intermediary. We have to have an immediate experience of the divine. Have a wonderful week. Take care, everybody. Wait, can I ask a question? Yes, if I don't run out of Zoom time. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the question is, do you think this idea of carrying on your shoulders have anything to do with Yaakov's sons who all carried Yaakov on their shoulders to bury? Oh, I love it. I love As it. all of them. I mean, not, uh, I mean, not just one, not just two, but the idea that all of them yeah, here it's. I don't know. I don't remember the phraseologies, and I certainly can't compare it with. Uh, with uh, let me look into that. In I, the parsha, no. in the last week's parsha, you know, I'm not that familiar with the yeah. intricacies of the Kohanim and and, and their avoda, but but the, I think the idea of lifting the the Yaakov's body, so Kalva Homer, that the Torah you should be carried on the shoulders, exactly. You know, not just the wagon but the shoulders. And Yaakov, of course, represents, you know, Tiferes. And the Zoya says that the Malchus is carrying, the, you know, Tiferes. And it's a, a beautiful idea. And I'm sure there's a, an illusion. And I have to look that up. All right. Thank you very much, Julian. Have a wonderful week, everybody.